I'm your host, Kaylee, and I love my career as a venue manager and now owner. I'm a glutton for punishment, coffee addict, and an ambitious leader. I've seen and done some unglamorous things in this chosen career path, but I wouldn't change it for the world. Let's talk about the ups and downs of venue ownership, and I'll fill you in on the crazy stories, give you some knowledge on the nitty gritty details, and share my passion for this industry. Stick around, and I'm sure you're going to understand why operating a venue, although rewarding, is elegantly unglamorous. Wow. Wow. So I am, I, you know, I just looked at all of our numbers. I wanted to check on those, some of those details and see where I was at on this, you know, podcast, because I really don't pay attention too much. I, this is a, such a creative outlet for me that I don't pay attention to the the stats of how many listeners and who is listening and where you're from. But I had a huge increase within the last couple of weeks on my last two episodes of listeners. And wow, I mean, I doubled <laughs> real quick. I don't know, you know, what happened. And I'm so thankful. Trust me, I'm so thankful. Um, I'm kind of having a little bit of imposter syndrome where I'm like, am I good enough? Um, (laughs) so thank you for sharing with your friends. I really appreciate it. Um, I, I try so hard to make this podcast educational, but fun and just down to earth because that is who I am. That is what I wanted. I constantly, I'm constantly trying to learn from others. And I just think that having a podcast to listen to while I'm working (laughs) is educational. It's, you know, it helps me with my schedule. And I hope that, you know, just my knowledge can bring you light and joy to your profession because sometimes it gets a little sticky and rough and you just need a little pick me up. And I hope that I can pick you up and push you forward. So um, if you have not shared this podcast, you can do so by clicking the share button, uh, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, things like that. There's always a share button. You can share it with your friends. The other way to do that is by leaving a review. I know Spotify now has a new review star section. I would love to have your review and um, I would love to hear from you. So if you want to send me an email, you can do that at elegantlyunglamorous at gmail.com. Send me an email. Let me know your stories. Let me know you're listening. I mean, let's chat. Let's chat. So, all right, this week I want to dive on in uh, to, I don't know, it's, it's a very important topic. So let's get started. Okay, so who is on the struggle bus during your down season? Raise your hand. Did you raise your hand? Because I don't know. (laughs) Um, Who has, you know, who even has down seasons? Do you have a down season? Meaning, do you have minimal events or it's just a slower couple months of of the year? 
for you? Is there is there a couple months that are just super slow? Is there anything any months that just stand out that are like, man, I have to, I don't have to struggle to find something to do, but it's just not as busy as what it usually is in the summer. I think we all have that um, in some shape or form. Some shape or form, we've got a slower month. Um, so I want to talk about how we save for the slower months because I am in the midst of my down season. Our down season is generally January through March. Those that three month window, we have one, maybe two events, but nothing that's really substantial. It, it's just, you know, we still host them, but it's just kind of like a blah, like, okay. It's not as like hammering it out in the summer like we do. It's not our 10 events that we have in September. You know, it's <laughs> it's not a constant go, go, go. Um, it's kind of a slower, just kind of chill, chill kind of kind of business operation during those times. But I can remember two years ago wondering how we were going to get through the winter months. How are we going to make it through the winter months. How am I going to get paid? Am I going to get paid? I don't know. I really don't. And my goal for last year, pretty much, I think most of last year, I think I really just focused on beefing up our savings, beefing it up because I knew I needed to have a certain amount to get through winter, to have that buffer of our slow season. And I think that's the number one step to get through the slow season. Have an idea of what your base expenses are. What are your like down to the bone expenses that you have to have and you have to pay for? Do you have any salary or full-time employees that you need to keep on? And then you need to analyze if they can be moved to part-time, but we'll talk about that. Do you have any salary or full-time employees that you have to keep on in the winter? They still have to be paid. Do you have a loan, an SBA loan that still has to be paid? Do you have utilities? Still has to be paid. Do you have taxes? Still has to be paid. <laughs> I mean, property taxes. We got to pay those. So there are tons of things that you still have to pay for. Marketing. That's another one. Um, so that needs to be calculated into your total expenses for the month. And you need to have an idea what those expenses are. Then you also need to know how long is your slow season? How long does it usually go? You should be able to look at your slow season about nine months in advance and know how, if you have any events or not, if you don't have any events within nine months, you need to plan on covering all those expenses with savings. The next step that really helped us was to divide our accounts. So instead of having one business checking account, we now have three accounts. We have a business operational is what we call it. And that operational account is what we run all of our bills out of. All of our staff get paid out of that. All of our loans get paid out of that. All of our cost of goods get paid out of, paid out of that. Everything comes out of that operational account. Then we have a tax account. Any deposits that we receive, any payments or revenue that comes in, 10% of that goes in to our tax account to pay for our taxes, to pay for employee taxes, to pay for all kinds of stuff. I mean, any tax, property taxes, everything comes out of that account. 
Is 10% enough? I, it depends on your rates and your taxes and what taxes you have to pay to pay. I mean, you analyze your taxes and decide how much of that income that you bring in needs to be transferred over to your tax account. And then it's nice. We don't have to think about it. It's automatic. We just calculate 10% transfer it over to taxes every single time. It's automatic. We don't even really think about it. Then we have a savings account, which if you don't have a savings account, you need a savings account because it's very important to have that. Um, and it's nice to have it where you really don't see it very much. Like I like to not be able to see how much is in there. I like to just transfer the money and forget about it. But what we do is we take all of our initial rental deposits. So signing the contract, putting the deposit down, that first payment that our clients make to us goes into our savings account is the first thing that goes into our savings account. And we decided and calculated how much, this is how many bookings we normally have per year. How much do we need to put in our savings to get us through the slow season? And we determined that as our, we decided that that was going to be our first deposit. So we decided $1,000 is how much our deposits are going to be. And those get put into savings, every single one. Because we know that deposits are non-refundable based on a cancellation. They're non-refundable. We don't have to give that money back. So we put it in a savings and we know it's going to stay there because we don't have to give it back. And then, um, you know, from that point on, our savings is pretty bulked up. And that was, once we made that change and started dividing our revenue that way and our income and splitting it and being able to kind of see, you know, what is I an operational debt? So how much money we actually have to pay our staff and pay our bills? Like that's what we got. We can't use the saving and we can't use this taxes because trying to pay taxes out of an account you have no money in really doesn't work. <laughs> it does not work. So once we did that, um, you know, it, it was a game changer for us. Another thing that we did it, to help with our slow season was we went back and we looked at our contracts and our payment dates because our final rental payment was always due 30 days before the event. And that's okay for some, but our down season was three months long. So in our minds, we thought if our down season's three months long and our events start in April, how do we get some revenue and some income in January, February, March? Well, the way to do that is to make final rental payments due three months before the wedding. So we still have some constant steady income coming in from those final rental payments. So a lot of times we don't have to touch our savings because we have that final rental payment coming in and that pays our bills. But um, another thing that we decided to kind of look at was our staffing situation because a salary employee still has to be paid if they work or not. And we were finding that a lot of our staff weren't working during our slow months if we had a salary employee. So guess what? They're hourly now. If they didn't like the change, they left and we got a new person. Unfortunately, you know, that was kind of a sacrifice we had to make, but that was 
part of financially stabilizing ourselves for our slower season. Cutting the cost, really reviewing where our sinkhole was, and that was our staffing and labor. And those months we had no income to support their hours or to support their salary. So if they were working, that's when we had events. So we changed them to hourly. And a lot of my staff don't work in the winters, unfortunately. I do have a a head chef that doesn't work in the winter. She is a stay-at-home mom in the winter. And then she's here, you know, on the weekends, more in the summer. That's what she does. She's part-time. And that helped us. The only staff that is salary is myself because I have to pay myself. Because I'm still doing tours. I'm still doing rental bookings. I'm still doing client meetings. I'm still collecting payments. I'm still doing marketing. I'm still trying to update the building and do some renovations and things like that that are constant that I can't stop doing. So really going back and you know when I told you for your 2022 goals you needed to identify your sinkholes and really target that, this will help you. You know where your sinkholes are. Close up those sinkholes. Fill it in because you can't have a sinkhole when you have no revenue coming in. So let's review. Let's review ways to, you know, save yourself in the in the slow season. One, you need to identify how much it takes to run the bare minimums each month. And you need to know how long your season is. And then you need to analyze your pricing and decide if your pricing needs to be increased. So then that way you can cover those expenses. You also need to strategically place your money throughout the year. This is a whole year long venture. This is not something you save the month before. It doesn't work like that. You have to save the entire event season. And how you do that is up to you. For us, depositing $1,000 from every event that was booked, that first rental deposit, putting that into savings was a game changer. Um, then you also need to analyze and review, you know, your sinkholes. And where is that cost really going that in the winter you really can't afford? And how do you change that? How do you fill it in? How do you keep yourself afloat during the winter so that that you don't sink. So that's it for this week, guys. It's a pretty short one. I just wanted to fill you in on some things of how we stay afloat. It's going pretty well. This year, our, you know, our final payments are starting to come in for some of our weddings. And it's kind of nice because now we don't have to worry about, um, I mean, we really haven't had to touch our savings much this year because we've got rental payments coming in. That was probably one of the the best things that we did is just analyzing our payment schedule and figuring out how do we keep revenue continuously flowing throughout the business all throughout the year, not just during event season. So, okay. All right. I will talk to you guys next week. See you later. Do you know another venue owner, event professional, or maybe an entrepreneur that you think will benefit from this podcast? Why don't you share it with them and help me inspire others? 
stay informed by following or subscribing to this podcast. You'll be notified each time an episode is posted. You can also follow me for more tips and inspiration on Instagram at Elegantly Unclamorous Podcast or on our website at elegantlyunclamorous.com. I'll see you next time.